Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. I'm going to go ahead and open this up real quick. I want to read one of the testimonies and stories that are in here. We are in week four, y'all. Somebody say week four. Week four. And I want to read this to you guys. We've talked about a number of different things. The series is called The Re. Can somebody say The Re? Uh, we've discovered that many significant terms, just keep your hands raised, y'all. We'll do what we can to get those to you. Um, we've discovered that many significant terms um, in Scripture start with the prefix re. We've talked about returning to the holiness of God. We've talked about how we've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ and how we are called to be reborn. Um, so much substance, uh, so much wisdom, so much meat in these messages. If you missed any of them, I want to encourage you to go to the podcast, to go to our YouTube channel, to check it out. Even the people that are watching online, can put our hands together for them that are streaming and watching online. Um, be sure to check those out. There's been so much good stuff in them, but these syllabuses are available to you, made possible by your generosity and consistency here at Riverside Church. We just want to bless you. Feel free to take some notes, follow along, keep track, write down the weekly challenges and the points. But today we're talking about representing. Somebody say represent. Come on, say represent. That's what we're talking about today and how we are God's house. I want to read this story right here, this little testimony from Gary Gold, my, my friend, my brother right here. Talking about the Holy Spirit. He said, the Holy Spirit has really had several significant operations in my life. My shyness and major insecurities have been replaced by boldness and confidence to meet and talk with others. He has worked on me to view other people with kindness and a desire to help and encourage. Come on, that's your church family right there. That's incredible. The Holy Spirit. It's awesome, y'all. If you don't mind standing with me this morning, we're going to be reading out of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 through 21, talking about representing God. Um, what does it mean to represent God? Um, why are we considered representatives of God? And how can we be a good representation of God? We're going to read this out. These are the words of the Apostle Paul. He writes this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 through 21. Anybody ready for the word? Come on, we're going to try to get you out of here quick. This is uh, going to be a shorter message, quite possibly. We'll see what happens. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Somebody say Reconciliation. Um, by reconciliation, uh, Paul means to bring unity and harmony between man and God. By the power and the work of the gospel and the cross. Who knows that one day in the past, we were separated from God. There was strife and hostility. There was a separation due to our sins when it came to us and God. But thank God for the finished work of Jesus Christ in our lives. Now we can find reconciliation and we're not called to keep the gospel to ourselves, but we're called to preach the gospel and spread the gospel uh, by the life that we live, reconciliation. And continue to say, that is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, 
not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors of Christ. Somebody say, I'm an ambassador. Um, ambassadors are simply people um, who are in a foreign region representing their home nation. I'll say that one more time. If you don't know what an ambassador is, ambassadors are simply people who are in a foreign region representing their home nation. And let me remind you that if you are in Christ, that this world, this earth is not your home. But first, before anything else, you are a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. It calls us ambassadors and it says, as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that way we might become the righteousness of God in him. I want us to land on verse 20 this morning. It says this, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Whether you realize it or not, you are called to represent God to a lost, dying, and hurting world. Maybe saying, Caleb, I'm just, I'm just a mother. Caleb, I'm just, I'm just a father. Caleb, I'm just in high school. I'm in middle school. Like, I'm called to represent. Yes, you are called to represent God to the world. You're not just a citizen. He said, you're an ambassador in this area, in this space, in this place called life. The scripture says that life is just a vapor. It's here one day, but it's gone the next. We have a home found in heaven. We have hope found in the name of Jesus Christ. This is all temporary, these things that we see with our eyes. But in the meantime, God has called us to be a representative, an ambassador to the nations, to your family, to your children, to your friends, at your workplace. Wherever you go, you are an ambassador of Jesus. I feel my voice coming back. You are an ambassador of Jesus Christ. Well, come on. We're talking about representing God to the world. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, have your way today. Speak through your word. Do what only you can do, God. I know I have these notes. I have these things written down, God, but just direct us. We have our hearts open to receive right now, even people that are watching online, Lord. Let us be built up. Let us never be the same. We can come as we are, but that doesn't mean we have to leave as we came. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Come on, somebody say represent. represent. Say represent. represent. You may be seated. God bless you. Um, I've had the honor of preaching the gospel and speaking on a regular basis since the year 2016, whenever I became the head youth leader of our youth ministry um, here at Riverside Church, back then, um, Covenant Life Center, um, all while I was a senior in high school. The opportunity arose, and God called me to it, one of the best decisions that I've ever made. And since then, I've preached over 100 and 50 different sermons and messages. Over 150 different sermons, and which is minuscule and small probably compared to Pastor Bobby, the OG. 
preacher. There was a time where Pastor Bobby was just leading everything. Every Wednesday, every Sunday, it was just, he's, he's awesome. I love my dad so much. He's, been, he's so consistent, man. We got to be ready in season and out of season. My dad told, told, always tells me, son, always be ready to preach. Always be ready to represent, you know. So uh, I preached over 150 messages, different ones, whether in youth or in here. And I checked my Evernote, my notes where I keep a lot of my sermons and write uh, what God puts on my heart. And I was able to find each one of them. Um, and some of those early ones, I pray that nobody ever hears or sees again because I've learned a lot since then, grown a lot since then, right? Um, but God reminded me that the greatest message, the greatest sermon that I will ever preach in my life will never be on stage behind this pulpit. But rather, off stage from behind, not, not behind this podium, but off stage by the life that I live. Did you know that the scripture calls you living letters? That your life that you live, your actions, your words, your deeds, it's telling a story. It's telling a testimony. You're, you're preaching a message by the life that you live. I like to say like this, there are 66 books found throughout the Bible but you and your life, it's the 67th. Your life may be the only Bible that some people ever read. See, people, many people aren't going to remember lofty sermons, but they will remember your life. Let me prove it to you real quick. I have a question. This is going to require some crowd participation this morning. This isn't just me talking. This is a discussion, okay? I want you to think right now, of five messages, just five, five sermons. Some of you have probably heard sermons your whole life. I want you to think of five sermons that have radically impacted your life for the good, and not only the sermon, but the name, the title of those messages. And you're, if you're able to tell me the name of those five messages, like, I'm not going to call anybody, I want you to raise your hand right now. We got one? We had nobody last service. Come on, for real? She was like, oh, maybe not. Maybe I do. I mean, I don't know if I can really, you know. All right. Now here's the next question. You ready? If I were to ask you to tell me the name of five people in your life, five people that have radically impacted your life for the good, and you tell me the name of five people, their name, I want you to raise your hand. Oh, look around. You, you notice how many hands went up? You can put your hands down. Some of you didn't even have to think of it. You're like, oh, yeah, you know, my mom, my dad, my sister. Like, you know, you're a, that one person. Like, you're able to think of it so, like, we are able to remember the names of people more than the names of sermons. Do you know what that tells me? That Christianity is caught more than it is taught. By the life that you live, by the example that you are, by the influence that you have as an ambassador of Jesus Christ. I'm not the only one that preaches, or Pastor Bobby or whoever's preaching. We're not the only ones that are called to preach every week on this stage. No, your life is telling a story. It's telling a message. You are preaching a message, a silent sermon through the life that you live. And that's just as powerful than me being up here, you being consistent, you being an ambassador, you being a representative to God. People aren't going to remember lofty sermons and all the details. I can spit knowledge and wisdom and facts and all these things. 
But I guarantee you, more than anything else, people are going to remember my life and your life. I will never forget whenever I was starting off in high school. And I had a class during my freshman year with this guy who I didn't really know much about, but he heard that I was a Christian, or he just saw the life that I lived, and he knew what I stood for. I didn't cuss. I didn't, I tried to do what I could to just uphold my testimony. I didn't go out and party and do all these things. I tried to be the example that God's called me to be, and he heard that I was saving myself for marriage. We're going to be real this morning, and he came up to me during class one day, and we're sitting next to each other. He's like, dude, is it true that you're, like, you're saving yourself for marriage? Is it true that, like, you know, why are you doing that? Like, is that true? And I said, yeah, man, it is, dude. I just want to do things right. I want to honor God. I know it's going to pay off and be worth it. And I won't forget he was like, <laughs> good luck with that. Like, for real, he was like, good luck with that. He said, you're not going to make it. Oh, I, I know I'll be hearing about you at a party. I'll be hearing a story about you here pretty soon where you just got, you got wasted. You made decisions. You're sleeping. I know. You just, you just, just wait, man. You say that right now. You're a freshman. You're, you don't know what's coming. And I heard what he was saying. I was like, okay, all right. And I knew that was an opportunity right there to represent God or represent God in a way that maybe he didn't really know of before and years passed and I was able to befriend him and be friendly to him and years passed and graduation was fixing to take place and I will never forget this. He came up to me and he said, Caleb, do you remember what we talked about a long time ago when it came to your purity? And during those years, I was able to uphold my testimony and guard my heart and allow myself to be influenced by the right people, right voices, right choices. I was able to stay pure and save myself. And he came up to me and said, Caleb, I got I to gotta apologize. I'm sorry. I was wrong about you. I think it's so special what you're doing for God. And I wish I could say the same thing whenever I, met my wife, whenever I meet my wife one day. I wish I could have said the same thing. Graduation took place. Some years passed, and God did a, and I was able to minister to him in school. And years passed. And would you believe, guess who I saw walking through those doors of our church right there? He was telling me, he said, Caleb, God's done this in my life. I won't forget what you told me. I won't forget what you did. I, I, I've been wanting to come to this church. I've been out of town in this place and, and at this college and stuff. And I'm coming back here. And I was able to baptize him in the name of Jesus Christ. And he told me afterwards, he said, Caleb, one of the reasons that I'm living for God today is because I saw that you were the same person in high school and even after high school. Oh, I came to tell you today, it pays off to live for God. It pays off to do the right thing. Am I perfect? No. I've made plenty of mistakes in my life, but I know at the same time that I am an ambassador, and every day I have an opportunity to represent God to this world and point people to Jesus Christ. Do we have any ambassadors in the building? It makes a difference, the life that you live. And maybe you're in this place, and maybe you, you feel like you've missed an opportunity. You've missed the mark in a relationship in your life. Maybe you feel like you misrepresented God. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. 
I speak and I prophesy that those same people that saw you fall will be the same people that will see you rise and they will see a transformation take place in your life. And God, on the only person who will get the glory out of it is Jesus Christ himself. And if there's anybody in this building, you're trying to live for God, you're trying to live right, you're trying to live holy, you're trying to live righteous, you're trying to be consistent when it comes to coming to church, reading your Bible and all those different things, and you think to yourself, okay, you know what, Caleb, you know, I don't really have a testimony like that person has a testimony. I didn't come out of drug addiction. I didn't come out of alcohol addiction. Do I need to go out and do all these different things in order for me to have a testimony? Let me share it to you like this because I've experienced it in my life. It's just as powerful to say that God kept me from all these different things and kept you from those different things by the power of the Holy Spirit rather than saying God brought me out of those things. It makes a difference. The life that you did live, people are watching you. Your life is a message. Your life is a sermon. How are you representing God? I feel this so strong. It makes a difference. And I guarantee you that many of you are in this building today. The reason you're here, a majority of you, is because somebody along the way represented or represented God to you in a new light that was authentic. God is looking for representatives. He's always been looking for people. God's always been looking for people to represent him. Some, from, the, from the fall in the Garden of Eden, God was looking for, for a people. He's looking for a people to represent him. And later on in the book of Genesis, we see that Abraham is chosen by God to father a people that would represent God to the world and as time passes, the nation of Israel is established. The nation of Israel was called to be the chosen people of God. They were called to represent God to the world, a testimony of who God is. And as time passes, you'll find it. As time passes, many of them have the wrong view of who God is, and therefore they misrepresent the heart of God to the people. And you, did you know that between the Old Testament and the New Testament, from Malachi to Matthew, there's a space of 400 years, which is known as the 400 years of silence. Before Jesus steps onto the scene, and during that time, religion is established and instituted, and the Pharisees and Sadducees rise up, and there were 613 commandments that they had to uphold that we find throughout the Bible but what happened due to legalism and religion, many things were added. Many requirements and laws and things were added that God never intended to be there. And therefore, people began to misrepresent the heart of God even in the temple to where it became more about laws rather than the Lord. They were doing the work of the Lord but not knowing the Lord of the work. It became more about the laws than it did about loving people. And the Pharisees and Sadducees even, they had put such a strong yoke of religiosity on the people. It started off good for the Pharisees and Sadducees, but eventually they put a strong yoke on the people to where entire people groups were ostracized and separated due to their diseases, disabilities, and differences. And yet they were supposed to represent God to the world. They were supposed to be a picture of God to the world. And that's why you see when Jesus steps in, you see all these different things that are taking place. 
through religion and through misrepresentation. And this is the picture that we see whenever Jesus Christ steps onto the scene. God had been misrepresented for hundreds and hundreds of years. You know what Jesus' greatest opposition was? Jesus' greatest opposition was not the devil. It was religion and misrepresentation. Not the devil, religion and misrepresentation. God had been misrepresented for hundreds of years, and now Jesus, being the clearest picture of God, is able to represent the true heart of God, longing that the world would see what God is really like. And can you imagine the pain of misrepresentation that Jesus felt and that God felt? Jesus probably thinking to himself, I've got to show them what I'm really like. I'm not what you think I am. I'm not what you've heard about me. I'm not the pain that you've experienced in my name. I'm full of love. I'm full of grace. I'm full of compassion. I'm, I'm full of truth. And at one point in Jesus' ministry, we see that Jesus is so fed up with misrepresentation that when he goes to the temple, a place that was supposed to be a place of worship, a place where humanity connects with divinity, he goes there and it became so polluted with politics and with extortion. You have to understand, like, people will travel to the temple. And when they travel to the temple, especially during the Passover, they would pay for sacrificial animal so that way they could sacrifice the animal to pay for the atonement of their sins. And when they came to the temple during that time, and they wanted to buy an animal, they couldn't use a Roman currency in order to purchase the animal because on the coin, on the money during that time, it was Caesar's face. And it would have been considered idolatry to pay for a sacrificial animal with Caesar's face on the coin. So what they would do is they had money changers and tables that were there, and people would come and exchange the money, that Roman currency, for a Jewish currency. But what had happened was people began to take advantage of so many people where they raised the exchange rate and people were robbing from their own people. And then the animals were being sold for such outrageous prices where some people couldn't even afford for an animal to be sacrificed in order to cover, in order to pay for their sins. And on top of that, the Pharisees and Sadducees, to where certain people with disabilities, like the lame and the blind, couldn't even enter into the temple because during that time it was taught that the reason that you are sick and the reason you have this disability is probably because you committed a sin or your father or somebody along the line committed a sin. So people couldn't even come into the place of worship at times. And this is what Jesus steps into. And he says, my house was called to be a house of prayer, but you made it into a den of thieves. Look what you've done. This isn't my heart. So out of righteous anger, Jesus flips over the tables at the temple and the money changers. He says he got, he, he got a whip. Begin to chase people out and cleansing the Like this isn't the Jesus we hear about in Sunday school. This isn't the Jesus with the golden flowing hair and the blue eyes. Like Jesus was zealous and Jesus was jealous because the place that was supposed to be a place of worship became an idol. And God was being misrepresented to the people. And he was flipping the tables. You know, some people flip fingers. Jesus flipped tables. <laughs> Full of righteousness. He flips the tables. 
He gets upset and he says this powerful statement. He says, people are asking Jesus, why are you doing this right now? And he said, destroy this temple. And in three days, I will raise it back up. Speaking of his body. In other words, Jesus wasn't just flipping the tables at the temple. Jesus was flipping the definition of the temple. He was saying, I'm no longer going to allow this system to misrepresent me and misrepresent the heart of God. No, I'm going to establish my kingdom. I'm going to put my spirit into the heart of people to where everybody can experience the presence of God. Not just those that look good, not just those who aren't who don't have disabilities or just no the veil was torn the scripture says and now guess what you being the body of Christ are the temple of the holy spirit you are a temple of the holy spirit because of what Jesus Christ has done you went from a being being a tomb being dead to being a temple we went from darkness to light we went from death to life. You have the Spirit of God living on the inside. You are the house of God. You are the house of God. Now you're the tabernacle. You're the temple like Pastor Bobby talked about. And now, since you are the temple, and that's why sometimes, y'all, Jesus, just like Jesus flipped the tables at the temple, sometimes we have to allow God to come into our hearts and allow the Spirit to flip over things and remove things and take out of things so that way we can represent God well. So, you know God can't mold what he doesn't hold? There's justification, but there's sanctification, which is where we become more like Jesus Christ so we can represent God to the world. And just like what we find in the temple, I think God's being misrepresented and there's a PR issue in the church because people forget that you are in representation. We are called to reflect the love of God. God's always been looking for people to reflect the heart of God to other people. Romans chapter two, 12, verse 2 says this, Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You are called to represent God to this world as an ambassador of Jesus Christ. I got two points for you this morning. And it's the first one, I want to describe our ambassadorship. And the second one, I want to talk about the role that the church plays on the earth. My first point for you this morning, feel free to take note, is ambassadors of Christ are sealed with the Spirit. Ambassadors of Christ are are sealed with the Spirit. Somebody say, I'm sealed. Come on, somebody say, I'm sealed. Whenever somebody is born in a country, even if people got over here by the wrong means, the children that they have since they're born in this country, you know what they become? They become citizens of the country that they are born into. Just like us as children of God, when we're reborn, we become citizens of the kingdom of God. But I love God because he's like, I'm, not, I'm just not going to make them citizens. But because they're in this foreign area, I'm going to call them to be ambassadors. Somebody say, I'm an ambassador. 
Every significant country on planet Earth has ambassadors that go over borders, that travel overseas, and whenever they go overseas, they are charged with the responsibility of conducting business in a way that truly represents their country and not their own personal agenda. And by doing so, they have all the backing and support and resources of the home country that they're part of backing them up. And the same should be said about us as ambassadors of Christ, that we should conduct ourselves in a way that honors God and be reminded that we have been given authority from heaven. Somebody say, I'm an ambassador. You need to realize you being an ambassador, you are representing the kingdom of heaven. You are representing Jesus Christ. Not only that, but you have the power and the support of the kingdom of God right behind you. When we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, everything else shall be added unto us. But there's one thing that every ambassador needs. And the one thing that every ambassador needs is this right here. You ready? A passport. Somebody say passport. Everybody, like any ambassador, they need a passport. This is my passport. It's probably expired. Um, I went on a mission trip to Central America, I think like in 2013. It was awesome, and I think I need to get me a new one. Um, But this one right here, this is a U.S. citizen passport, like a regular passport. But you know that ambassadors, they have a different color passport, diplomatic passport. It's a different color but it's still a passport. They need a passport. It's a, it's a, it's a way to identify with your, home, with your home and your country and your nation, right? And anybody who has a passport knows this, that when you're traveling in a foreign area, you do not want to lose your passport. Anybody ever lost luggage or lost something when you're traveling? Like, especially worse when you're flying, right? Whatever it is, right? You don't want to lose this passport. Why? Because, like, this is, like, one of the only ways that we can identify with our home country, Right? And by losing it, it's a painstaking process to get another. You do not want to lose your passport, okay? But here's the common thing that a diplomatic, a ambassador passport has, like, that, that this one has, in, like, these two have in common. You ready? The seal on the front. Every passport has to have a seal. In fact, this golden seal right here, this eagle, this is known as the Great Seal of the United States. And whenever officials and different people ask to see the passport, the moment that they see that American seal, many times, if you travel over, they take you more seriously because they know where you come from. And it's a point of identification. And they automatically put you and register you as a U.S. citizen in their mind, unless they find out it's a fake passport or something like that. This is the national symbol of the United States. This is how this, this seal, the great seal of the United States, shows that your legitimacy as a U.S. citizen, they automatically identify you as such. Let me just share a scripture with you. Did you know that the Bible says that we have been sealed with the Holy Spirit? And did you know that the scripture says that God's guarantee, and here's the thing you need to understand about a passport. You need a passport Ambassadors need passports so that way they can travel safely to other nations and they can come back home. And did you know that the scripture says that God has given us and he has sealed us with the Holy Spirit to guarantee that we're coming home and that he means business? 
It was a way of saying, you know what? You're coming with me to heaven one day. And to prove how serious I am, I'm going to put my kingdom, I'm going to put my spirit on the inside of you. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 through 14 says this. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. This gets me excited. In whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. Somebody say, I'm sealed. Who is the what? Guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to pray to the praise of his glory. Did you just hear what I read this morning? God said when you are saved, when salvation takes place in your life, that you are sealed with the Holy Spirit and that the Holy Spirit is God's guarantee to you to show that you're going to be able to go to home, home to heaven. Oh, I came to tell you today, not only do you need the Holy Spirit to make it to heaven, but just like ambassador needs passports to go to foreign areas, you need the Holy Spirit to go to the supermarket. You need the Holy Spirit to make it through traffic. You need the Holy Spirit to go through school. You need the Holy Spirit to go through work. You need the Holy Spirit in your life. See, I can't do what God has called me to do without the Holy Spirit. See, and the Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you. The Holy Spirit makes me better than me. The Holy Spirit is not about spiritual superiority. The Holy Spirit is about spiritual survival. I can't do what God has called me to do unless I'm sealed and filled with the Holy Spirit in my life. Do we have any ambassadors in the building that are thankful that you have been sealed with the Holy Spirit? It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by the Holy Spirit. And greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. See, some of you are struggling. Some of you are fighting. You are wrestling and you are barely getting by and you are allowing the enemy to throw Thoughts of condemnation and shame and guilt and depression over your life, forgetting that if you are saved, that you are bought for a price and that you are sealed with the Holy Spirit, that you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. And no matter where you go, because you're sealed with the Holy Spirit, you have authority. God has given you authority to trample over serpents, to trample over scorpions, to come against the power of the enemy and stand strong and tell the enemy, some, some of you need to show your passport right now. Some of you have forgotten who you are. Some of you have, feel so lost, but this is the moment where you tell the enemy, look at this badge, look at this seal, look at who I am. I am forgiven. I am set free. I have a home in heaven. Come on, I have authority in Jesus' name. I'm not like anybody else. I am an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven. Oh, come on, can we go ahead and give him a praise? Uh, I know it's the Holy Spirit helping me speak right now. I could barely speak back there. Oh, thank you, God. Can I tell you something? Just like people can see the seal on this passport, people should be able to see the seal of the Spirit in your life. Where they see something different about you. We're not conformed to the patterns of this world, but you're transformed by the renewing of your mind. You don't have to tell everybody that you're a Christian. They can see it by your representation and by the life that you live. See, it's possible to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, 
prophesy, speak in tongues. And we believe in all those things. We're not a sensationalist church. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit today that come so that way we can edify other believers, so we can be strengthened, we can be built. We believe in all those different things. But more than that, Paul says in the book, I believe, 1 Corinthians, he says in chapter 13, verse 1, he says, I believe it's that one, I could be wrong, but he says, I can speak in the, in the tongue of man and angels, but if I don't love people, if I don't love people, I sound like a clashing symbol. You want to know what one of the seals of the Spirit are? The fruit of the Spirit in your life. Jesus said, like love, right? Jesus said, people will know that you're my disciples. By what? By the love that they have for... He didn't say people are going to know you're my disciples because you speak in tongues all out. He said, no, people will know that you're my disciples by the love that you have for one another. I'm so happy for you if God's gifting you with certain things because the the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. Even when we're bad, God is so good. And you can operate in a gift, but if you don't show the fruit of the Spirit in your life, like love, it's pointless and it's just a clashing symbol. I can't hear what you're saying because what you're doing is too loud. Question, can your seal be seen? Can your seal be seen? Would people be able to look at your life and see that it glorifies God? Our responsibility, some of you are saying, Caleb, I just want to see my family saved. I want to see my son. I want to see my daughter saved. I, I want to see that family member. I want to see that friend. I want to see my coworker. What can I, I got to bring him to church. Oh, man, we're going to bring him to church, and they're going to hear Pastor Caleb or Pastor Bobby or Pastor CJ preach, and they're going to be saved, and it's going to be awesome. And God's like, no, 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 no. Like, that's great, and that can happen. But the greatest sermon that you ever preach will be the life that you live Don't present yourself one way in church and another way out there in the world. Be double-minded and be hypocritical because you're tarnishing your testimony. We come against the enemy by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. You have an opportunity every day to represent Jesus Christ to the world. Somebody say, I'm an ambassador. I'm an ambassador. You are called to represent Jesus to your family, Jesus to your friends, Jesus to our community. We have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. But can I tell you something else that every ambassador needs? Every ambassador in a foreign region, they need this. They need an embassy. They need a safe haven. They need a place where they can find a rest and refuge and be informed so that way they can go out into the foreign area, be built up knowing their mission, knowing the instruction, knowing what they're called to do, and then go out. My second point is this. The church is the embassy. I want to unpack it this morning. Check this out. An embassy serves as an outpost in a foreign region, and within every embassy is an ambassador. And they depend on the embassy services for food. Shout out to our Riverside Community Co-op, by the way. We have some food up in this embassy. Utilities and security. It's been said like this, that the embassy is the home away from home. Why do you think we have welcome home on the door? Ultimately, our home is in heaven. 
Okay, I'm going to keep on going. Keep on going. And did you know that the embassy soil is not even considered territory of the nation it resides in? But rather, it's considered the territory of its home. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When ambassadors and others step into an embassy, it should feel more like their home country. And the same should be said about the church. When people come into our building, it should be like a glimpse of heaven. When people step into this embassy, when we gather together as ambassadors, this is the embassy where we gather to re receive instruction and inspiration to be built up, to know our mission so that way we can go out into the world and be, be effective. We could say that the church that's this building is like an embassy for the, uh, for the ambassadors. It's a place where we find refuge, rest, and encouragement. The church is not an entertainment center. And the church is not a social club. The church is an, an embassy where the ambassadors come together so that way they can go out into the world and do what God's called them to do. I believe that whenever God looks at a city, I just believe that this is just what the God's called us to do. I, I just believe that when God looks at the city, that we should make such a difference and make such an impact in this region and in this area, then when God looks at the city of Victoria, he doesn't just see a city with a church in it, but he sees a church with a city around it. And yes, like and embassies can be comfortable. Embassies can be cozy. It can be so easy for an ambassador just to stay in the embassy and just say, I'm just going to stay right here. It's so comfortable. Everybody speaks my language. Everybody walks like me. Everybody talks like me. This reminds me of home. It's so good. And yes, church is amazing. Church is great. But any good ambassador knows that there is work to be done outside the embassy so that way their home country can prosper. Can I remind you today that there is still work to be done in the city of Victoria? Can I remind you that there are still, there are still souls that need saving in Victoria? Can I remind you that there are still broken families that need to find the hope of Jesus Christ in Victoria? It's nice to be here with you guys. Thank God we got the AC working way better right now. It's cooler for you guys. It's, it's comfortable. In here. But can I tell you something? More than anything else, we are called to come into the embassy to build one another up, to receive instruction from the word of God. This is a benefit to you. I don't know where my life would be if it wasn't for the church. You know the enemy's always looking for people that are isolated and alone? He prowls around like a roaring lion. You know what lions do many times? When they attack prey, they rile up the herd and they look for a lone gazelle or lone animal. And when that animal's alone, they are more prone to be attacked. And some of us wonder why the enemy tries to separate us so much because he knows that whenever we're isolated and alone, we are weaker. But when we gather together as the body of Christ, we are stronger. God looked on the people building the Tower of Babel and said, man, they're unified together. There's nothing that they can't accomplish and do. Can I tell you something? How much more can we do to bring glory to the name of Jesus Christ when we're unified together? Let's not let separation, let's not let offense, let's not let hostility, let's not let pride or anything enter into this embassy. This is a place, this is holy ground. You know the enemy is so territorial? 
oh man, like we are called to be here. This is an awesome place. Miracles, signs, and wonders can take place here. We can see, we saw this past Wednesday, people were delivered, people set free. You know what that was? That was a taste. That was a glimpse of heaven coming and touching earth. When we gather together, and if there's one thing the enemy doesn't want you to do, he doesn't want you to get serious about your assignment and you being an ambassador for Jesus Christ. He wants you to go out into the world and just be just like the world. But if you get serious about God and you realize that there is an enemy, that there is an adversary, that there are territories that are inhabited by an influence by spirits that are not of God. You know, the only territory the enemy owns is a place where a Christian doesn't occupy, like a true ambassador, where you go out and see your families, where you go home, when you go to your workplaces, and you realize, no, 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 I'm not by myself, but I have the spirit of God living on the inside of me. I'm going to be, I'm going to disrupt the devil. I'm going to mess up, his, not because of me, but because who lives on the inside of me. You have God living. Anybody getting this this morning? We need the embassy. We all need an embassy. I love what Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, verse 25, because I've heard people say, I don't need the church. I don't need the gather. I, I don't need Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 to 25. He says this. He says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to act of love and good works, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do but encourage one another especially now that the day of his return is drawing near i came to make a statement every ambassador needs an embassy like if you call riverside church your home because i believe that just like god calls pastors to start churches god can call people to churches but if you weren't called to this church god bless you we are it's the church has had a competition mindset for too long where we think we're trying to battle and be better than other churches. If, if our goal as a church is to beat the church next door, we've already lost. The church is not supposed to be competitors. The church is called to be companions. And that's why we do outreaches and communities with other churches. And if God hasn't called you to this church, I believe that God has called you to another church. And it's so important to be planted. Don't church hop. Don't go from here to here to here to Find a home church. Be a person that loves people, that serves and does what they can to be a good service to the house. That way you can be built up so when you go out into the community, you can make an impact for Jesus Christ. You weren't called to do life alone. If you don't have an embassy, you're already at a disadvantage. See, if you want to represent God well, don't do it alone. It's time for the church to start taking ground back from the enemy. It's time for us to get serious about our assignment and know that we are ambassadors for Jesus Christ. It's time for us to be the salt and light of this world. It's not time for the church to sit back. It's time for the church to stand out. Do we have any people in here that know that you're an ambassador of Jesus Christ? Haley, you can come up. Anybody receive this word this Sunday morning? You have been sealed. It's not an accident that you are here today. God's been longing and wanting you to find community. And not just a community, but a family. Brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. We are called to represent God well to the world, but not only to the world, we are called to represent God well to one another. The church should be the safest place on earth. 
for people to come in and not worry about being judged, not worry about being condemned, not worry about there being drama and gossip and slandering and betrayal. It should be a place of honor, a place where the love of God just flows through the life of the people. You know, it says in the scripture, if you can't love your brother or sister that you can't see, how are you going to love a God that you can't see? Maybe you're in this place and you feel like you've had a misrepresentation of God. You've had the wrong view of God because somebody misrepresented God to you in the past. Don't allow that to hold you back. I, I want to end with a story real quick. You know, um, a couple weeks ago during our VBS, wasn't our VBS awesome, by the way, y'all? We had awesome attendance. And, um, so I was hungry. I was like, it was the last night of VBS where we're tearing down, getting everything done. Shout out to all our amazing volunteers. And I was, I was staying up here late, just working on things, getting things ready, because I was about to go out of town. And I was trying to get caught up on stuff, so I was up here late. My little brother's with me, you know, and somebody asked, hey, do, do you want some food? I can go get you food. And I'm like, yes, I'd love some food. And there's this Mexican joint, like this hole-in-the-wall place that's incredible. It's, like, so good. Like, I sometimes I just crave those barbacoa tacos. You know what I'm talking about, church? Like, just there's some good food that is there. And I'm just like, man, like, I've been craving this place. I, I've been going there and going there, you know, just every once in a while. I'm just trying to watch. I figure a little bit. i got to watch out for those barbacoa tacos. But, you know, I said, yeah, go get me some of those tacos or bring it back. So they bring back the tacos. I've eaten this place before. And every time that I, I get the, the plate, they always add, like, vegetables on the side. I'm like, I don't need none of that right now. And there's radishes, little radishes all over the plate. And I won't forget, I was eating in the, in the office, and my little brother was right there next to me, and he was like, Caleb, what are those things? Oh, these little things? These are radishes. I don't really eat them. But you know what? Here, look, check it out. You can eat them, dude. He's like, can you eat them? I was like, yeah, dude, check it out. Like, I ate one. Not thinking anything of it. He leaves. 20, 30 minutes pass by. Never really eat radishes at all. Like, even at, like, Raising Cane's. They say, you want coleslaw? I'm like, no, give me an extra cane sauce. <laughs> By the way, did you know that you can ask for, like, no bread and then get extra fries and have a whole bunch of fries and replace the, canes, replace the coleslaw with cane? Oh, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I think I know what I mean after church today. <laughs> okay. So, so I was like, check it out, Josh. And he leaves, and about 20, 30 minutes pass by, and I start breaking out in hives. My face starts swelling. I'm looking at me like, what's happening to me? I was like, you know, sometimes, men, we can be stubborn. Like, somebody was like, go to the doctor. <laughs> She's like, no. Somebody was like, go to the hospital. I was like, no, 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 I'm good. I go next door, Stephen and Lori and Luke and all of them are over there, you know, and I was like, does my face look bigger than you? I was like, yeah. I, was like, I think I'll be good. I'll go back to the office. My throat starts closing up. And that's when things got serious. And I had a hard time breathing, so I went next door. And I could barely even talk. I said, I need y'all to take somebody to take me to the emergency room. I was scared. I've never had anything like that because I ate a radish, little radish. So thank God for Luke Samora. He got me in the. We were driving to the emergency room. He was praying over me. And we were speeding. I was like, bro, who cares about these stoplights? Right? I'm about to die. Like, you know, I don't want this to be in the newspaper. And he was praying over me and. I get there, and they shoot me up with all these different IVs, like four different IVs and everything, like four different things, like medication through the IV. And it starts, like, you know, 
reciting and everything. And like, I, that's definitely not anything I want to relive. Right? It was a scary moment. And afterwards, you know what I said? I'm never going back there. I'm never going to eat that restaurant again. Like, one ingredient, one bad experience, one part of something that I could have avoided kept me from going there ever again. And then a couple days passed. I said all those strong words. I'm not going back there. A couple friends from work were like, man, I'm craving some tacos. Let's go to that place, the place that Caleb had his allergic reaction to radishes at. <laughs> Are you kidding, guys? And like, I was like, I'm not going back there. I almost died from a radish. Like, Caleb, no, no, you need to go. I know you had a bad experience. I know you had a bad moment. I know it was a bad ingredient, but you don't have to, you can avoid the thing. You can just ask for it without it. And they asked me, I said, no, no, no. And because my friends represented it to me, I was like, you know what? I'll go back. I went there, and it was delicious, just good as ever. And that time I knew for sure it was the radish, because that after I ate that taco that time, I was good. <laughs> I say that funny story to say this. I, I think that's how many people in the world and how many people in the United States treat churches all over. One bad experience. One, one person who misrepresented the heart of God. And after that one moment whether somebody took advantage of them, somebody offended them, somebody gossiped about them, even spiritual leaders, they say, I'm never going back there. People invite them to go to another church. No, I can't do that. I'm done with God. All because somebody misrepresented the heart of God at one point in their lives. And they threw the baby out with the bathwater. And yes, there are radishes in church as well. Not anybody in this building right now during the service, but there are radishes that you're going to come again, like find in church. The church is not perfect. I understand that. But don't let bitterness and don't let offense and don't let anything keep you from coming to the embassy as an ambassador of Jesus Christ. Because that's, that's what the enemy wants. Don't let the enemy hold you back. And if you found the perfect church, congratulations, you just died and went to heaven. Because that's the only perfect church that there will be. We are all imperfectly following after a perfect God. Do we get it, all the, do we get it right all the time? No. Do we mess up some days? Yes. Do we stumble? Yes. But do we forgive? Do we love? Do we care for other people? Yes. Do we represent God well? Yes. Do we keep get, getting up? Yes. Do we give up? No. We don't give up. I came to tell somebody right now that was hurt by religion, and you were hurt by church, and somebody misrepresented God to you, maybe just like the temple, and you said to yourself, I'm done with God. And maybe you've seen stories on the Internet of people that were key leaders in churches and ministries that were called to be an example that were called to be the right influence, and you saw them fall short. You saw them fail morally. You saw them have an affair. You saw them 
misappropriate finances and then you categorize every other church and every other person with that one experience and that one moment. See, we confuse many times as, as the body of Christ, we confuse influence with intimacy with God. That's what my dad tells me. He said, son, never let your high moments in ministry be on this public stage preaching the word of God. It's awesome to preach the word of God. But let your high moments in ministry be in private where you seek after the presence of God, where you have intimacy. You want to have integrity in your life? You want to have character in your life? Have intimacy with God in private and in public. People are going to fail. You know the Bible. The Bible is full of people that wrote the scripture we read earlier today. The Apostle Paul, he was a killer of Christians, a persecutor of Christians. And God changed his life around. He was represented, oh, he was represented to God by Ananias on that Damascus road, and his life was turned on. David. David made so many mistakes, but yet we read his Psalms. A person who was a murderer, a person that committed adultery. Don't allow misrepresentation to hold you back to follow after Jesus. It's time for us to represent God well to the world. It's time for us to stand up and get serious. If you treat God casually, be careful. You may become a casualty. Come on, everybody stand to your feet. I feel this so strong. A lot of that wasn't even in my notes. I know that was God leading me. I came to tell you today, maybe you've been hurt. God is still good. And Jesus still saves. You are an ambassador of Christ. And God has called you to an embassy. It's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. It's time to get up, dust off, and brush off the dirt and the mess. Because God is the one who can turn a great mess into greatness. Allow him to shape you. Allow him to mold you. Allow him to direct you. You have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. God has called you not to do life alone, but to do life with other people. You are called to represent and represent God well to the world. Your life may be the only Bible that some people ever live, read. Your life matters. You're not just like anybody else. You're an ambassador of Jesus Christ, the King of Kings. Come on, I want to pray over you right now. This is a moment where we get right with God. This is a moment where we repent. This is a moment where we just thank God for his love. See, we don't do good things to earn God's love. We do good things because God loves us. Right now in Jesus' name, come on, do you receive this this morning? I pray over every person's mind, over every person's soul, over every person's heart. Right now, Jesus, right now, just like you did in the temple, Jesus, over 2,000 years ago, come into our temple, come into our lives, and begin to remove things, God, that have been misrepresenting you for far too long. Oh, God, I pray that everywhere that we go, God, we would have a sense of your presence. We would have a sense of your spirit, God, and that we'd be a good representation of God to the world, God. Save our family save our friends, 
save our coworkers, Lord. It's not going to be by might. It's not going to be by power, but it's going to be by your spirit right now in Jesus' name. I pray over every scar. I pray over every insecurity. I pray over every wound, every person who's been hurt by religion and seen a misrepresentation of who God was called to be. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that there is healing taking place right now in Jesus' name. There is restoration taking place right now in Jesus' mighty name. Oh, God, give us the boldness. Give us the confidence. Thank you for giving us the authority. Thank you for giving us the spirit. Oh, God, we praise you, Lord. Let us never be the same. Here's my weekly challenge for you. I don't want to forget it. And if you want my conclusion, I'll give you my conclusion too. As long as there's an earth, God will have a church representing him. As long as we're here, God's looking for people to represent him to the world. Here's my weekly challenge for you today. Represent God with love and invite someone to the embassy. Represent God with love and invite someone to the embassy. Do you receive this word this morning? We're about to be dismissed. We're about to be released. You're about to get some fruits and vegetables and all those amazing things back there in the youth room. But before we go, every head bowed, every eye closed, I want to give somebody an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Maybe you feel like you've strayed away from God. Maybe you've never taken that first step. See, forgiveness is not achieved, it's received. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody can get to heaven. Nobody can go to the Father except through him. The scripture says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you shall be saved. It's not the finish line. It's the starting line. God has amazing things in store for you. This is your moment right now to get right with God, to receive forgiveness and the grace of God in your life. Repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus. I want to pray like your first time. Say, Lord Jesus. Forgive me for every one of my sins. I repent. I turn away from my wicked ways. I believe that you, Jesus, are Lord. I believe that you died, and I believe that you rose. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.